Hey everyone, Alex here, bringing you another episode of Standing Under the Word. This week, I get to bring you one of my sermons, and one of the lectionary readings this week was uh, of the Beatitudes, the blessings from the Sermon on the Mount that Jesus offers um, in Matthew's Gospel. We actually began our sermon time uh, by doing something a little different than we normally do. I had this moment in which I encourage people to compare the Beatitudes in Matthew's gospel to ones very similar in Luke's gospel. And there was a funny exchange in worship in which um, I had misremembered the verse I was looking for in my head. And so I want to upfront confess to you that I have edited a part of that beginning portion for clarity's sake for those of you who maybe weren't there not to hide any mistake of my own. Um, those of you who are there will remember. And if you weren't there, just a little a little heads up that uh, even when we've been reading the Bible for a long time, sometimes uh, in the moment it slips our mind whether we mean uh, one verse or another. So with that being said, I hope um, you will take a moment wherever you are, if you're not driving, if you have a Bible on your phone, in our mobile app, there's a Bible in our South Church mobile app that you can pull up and take a look at the what I'm referencing from Matthew's gospel and from Luke's gospel. I think it'll be helpful um, as we're thoughtful about the scripture reading. But I use that simply as a setup to talk about why it matters that God cares about the specifics of our lives. So in just a moment, you'll hear uh, one of our deacons, Terry, read that verse, those verses from Matthew, and then you'll hear my sermon. Here's Terry. This is a reading from the book of Matthew, chapter 5, verses 1 through 12. When Jesus saw the crowds, he went up the mountain, and after he sat down, his disciples came to him. Then he began to speak and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven, for in the same way, they persecuted the prophets who were before you. The word of God for the people of God. Good and gracious God, we give you thanks this day that you look indeed into our hearts, our lives, and you call us blessed, O oh God. I ask that the words of my mouth and the meditations of each of our hearts might be a blessing back to you and to one another. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I imagine as Terry began reading the scripture, maybe as you first looked down in the bulletin, 
there was a sense of familiar comfort for your heart. We don't tend to be a very biblically literate culture. I'm not sure we ever really were. But I think this is one of the verses that stands out, the stories that stands out, and that even a casual Christian knows something about the Beatitudes as they're commonly known. But did you know that there is, in fact, another similar version of these in Luke's gospel? And in fact, I want us to do something I haven't asked you all before. You see that little black thing in front of you? <laughs> in the pews? That's a Bible. I really want you to take it, if there's one near you, and share with each other. Just for a minute, indulge me, right? And I want you to find the Gospel of Luke, and if you've used the table of contents, y'all, that's why it's there, okay? And then even if you can't ask someone, you can, you can help one another. This isn't a test, right? Then when you find Luke, I want you to find the sixth chapter of Luke's Gospel. Oh, y'all, you should see the sight right now. Everyone flipping through their Bible. Luke chapter 6. Someone read me all at 20, please. Then he looked up at his Thank disciples you. and said, Blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. Thank you. Something interesting about that compared to what was printed in our scripture today, our bulletin today, right? Luke says, Blessed are you who are poor. Stop. Matthew says, blessed are you who are poor in spirit. Blessed are you who are poor. Blessed are you who are poor in spirit. Now, we know the Gospels often have different versions of stories, but it is rare when they are different and there's a tension between them. To be poor culturally, financially, is a lot different than being poor in spirit. Anyone who's actually been poor can tell you that, y'all. Now, I have to admit, too, I'm not going to resolve that difference today. That's maybe another sermon or another time together. And in truth, I'm not sure I can. People smarter than me have tried. But I also don't think I have to resolve Matthew and Luke because I think they both can be true. Even if one version might be older than the other and maybe even more authentic, I don't think it means that both aren't true. Because at the end of the day, regardless of which it is, what it says to us is that we are not some big unknown mass of people to God, but that our individual lives, our circumstances matter to God. That the context in which we live, his being first century Palestine, ours being Andover in the Merrimack Valley in 2020, matter to God. Our fears, our pain, our struggle, our lives Every detail matters to God. Amen? Amen. Now, part of me can, wants to say, well, that's the good news, y'all. Time for the music meditation. <laughs> and that is true. 
That is the good news. That our God is not just the vision caster and holder of the world, but the one who sees into our individual hurt and pain and names us as blessed. But we know in practice, too, this is difficult, isn't it? I think the fact that Luke and Matthew's versions both exist in our Bible is a testament, no pun intended, to the reality that when we start getting into specifics, it does get difficult doesn't it? We've seen that for generations, for decades in the church. Whenever churches stand up and start naming specific people as blessed in God's eyes, it can get difficult. It can get hard. Churches have seen this over the last few decades in lifting up LGBT people, immigrants, people of color, mental illness, it gets difficult when you start getting into the lived lives and different experiences of people not like us and what it means when we say that God looks at them and calls them blessed specifically. Now, there are a million different reasons why that might be, but I think one of them has to do with the way scarcity works in our world, right? This idea that if you have something that I would like or need or want, then maybe that means there's less of it for me. This idea then, I think, allows us to look at God's blessings somehow as if they're like awards or stars or medals or trophies, that if you get them, then maybe that means you're more special than me, but that's not the case. No. Jesus lifted up the specifics of those people who needed to hear it because they were the ones asking, when you say I'm blessed, do you really mean me? Do you really know who I am, the things people have said about me, even the things I've done, even I'm still blessed? And Jesus said, yes, blessed are you. Even though you don't think you need it, even though you don't think you deserve it, you do. It's the holy antidote to the poison of the world that tells us that we are less than, that are unworthy of love, of being wrapped in God's blessing. And it won't get any easier, unfortunately, because scarcity lives in our world. It's a reality. But what I think we can do is remind ourselves that the God who came to us in Jesus, who looked at his world around him and got into the details, is because our God is a God for whom the details matter. Each one of us by name, the things that hold us down and the things that hold us back, the things that keep us up at night, the things that keep us separated, not just in an abstract sense, but in a real sense of the lives we live, in the jobs we work, in the people we live with and next to. Ours is a God of the details the one who both holds the vision of everything 
and gets down right into it with us. And in response, I think, is when we in our hearts can recognize that we follow and worship a God who cares about the details, we too then can be people who care about the details. As people who are loved, not in spite of what we are, but because of everything we are and experience, we become people who love not in spite of our individuality, but because of it. We become people who can rejoice in the fact that we follow a God who is capable of naming that which makes us different, that which holds us back sometimes, because it matters to our God. And we, as a church, can be a people for whom it matters too as well. Blessed are you in all the ways you need to hear it today, in this moment. Blessed are you in all the struggles you face that I don't have the time in this moment to name. Some I know, some I'll never know. But thanks be to God, blessed are you in the ways that are all known to God. Won't the church say amen? Amen.